welcome to the Ubuntu 2024 podcast. Um, I'm your host, Dr. Joe Scott Jones, a Royal GP based in New Zealand. The word Ubuntu comes from the Zulu and Kosa languages and can be roughly translated as meaning as uh, humanity towards others. The belief in a universal bond of sharing that connects all humanity. I am because you are. Ubuntu 2024 is an in-person and online conference jointly held by the Network Towards Unity for Health, TUF, and Rural Wonka, the World Organization of Family Doctors Working Party on Rural Practice. Ubuntu 2024 will be the 45th anniversary of the Network Towards Unity for Health and bring the top annual conference together with the 20th Wonka World Rural Health Conference. It's going to be quite exciting. There, it'll be hosted by five partners, the University of Western Cape, uh, University of Cape Town, Stellenbosch University, Cape Peninsula University of Technology, and the Western Cape Government Department of Health and Wellness. So in September 2024, Cape Town, South Africa, we'll see Ubuntu 2024 bring together health professionals, educators, and thought leaders from across the globe to explore the theme of people, place, and policy for community wellness. And today I'm talking to Marlon Fors, um, who is uh, an associate professor in a Norway Norwegian university, um, and um, has uh, my um, all I know about you, Marlon, is that you've written this fantastic paper about geographical narcissism. Um, which really resonated not just with me, but across the sort of rural, um, the the rural medical communities. We were we were all really really interested in that concept of geographical narcissism. I think it's um, super. I, I may be understanding it quite superficially, but it's something that we experience all of the time um, in the in the work that we have. But um, uh, I, hopefully, this is going to be an opportunity for you to tell us a little bit more about yourself and about the work that you do. Um, I know that you are involved in teaching um, and um, teach particularly um, about the issues of power um, uh, to um, students in the university that, that, you, that you work in, as, as I understand it. But tell us a little bit about yourself, Marlon. Thank you for having me here. I'm so much looking forward to Ubuntu 2024. So my background is I'm a clinical psychologist and I, I moved from urban Sweden to Arctic Norway and it's a small rural community. And I, I met her with uh, a wonderful nature, weather beaten people and my own geographical narcissism <laughs> because I soon uh, recognized that everything I learned in the university didn't really fit the map. Uh, so I've been like digging in other questions about power in psychotherapy, about the medical record, how issues of, of race, class, uh, sexuality, ability, age is entering the psychotherapy room in different ways. And then it occurred to me that maybe place or ruralness or urbanness, like or the detention, is also a question of power that's not really uh, formulated because it's, rural issues are often formulated in in ways uh, that is mostly describing like rural deficits or rural misery <laughs> or what should be done to like meet urban standards, but not really in the way of, of power and oppression. So meeting myself, <laughs> moving here and seeing the limits of my own 
uh, teaching, I, I started to, to formulate uh, ways to see this. So I work most clinically. I work at the um, psychiatric outpatient unit and I work in private practice. And I also work for UET, the Arctic University of Norway, where I teach medical students about culture safety. The, um, and um, what is it that's sort of driven you into this um, into this work? What, what, what in your background do you think um, has, has led you uh, down this road? That's a very good question. I think I'm I'm lesbian, and I think that during my education, I I really felt that most of mainstream psychology were really describing heterosexual development, and that uh, psychology is not only a field; it's also a field of power because it's defining what's normal. Yeah. Uh, so during history. Psychology and also psychiatry has done a lot of harm to minorities. So yeah. I think I'd be like sensitive to that kind of um, way that normative issues are formulated, like who is who is normal and who is not, like who is d defined out or labeled as not counting. Right. So I think that led me into all the literature about power and about postcolonialism and about. Uh, oppression and discrimination. So I think this is um, something that's resonated deeply inside of me because of personal <laughs> experiences, of course. It's it's fascinating. I, um, as a first generation New Zealander, sort of, I moved from the UK to and found myself in a, a small rural community. Uh, on the northern uh, island of New Zealand, um, where over fifty percent of my uh, practice population are Maori, um, I have that over the last thirty years, um, slowly, very, very slowly, um, uh, had an, a, a number of scales fall off my um, uh, fall off my mind. Um, and I, I found myself um, taking a, a cultural journey, I think, of, 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 of understanding, not, not really, I don't think of the people and the community, but of myself, um, as, I, as I've, you know, um, it, you know, it's been a, and a continuing journey of, uh, of, um, uh, of discovery and repeated, repeated uh, falters and missteps and the need for a great deal of, um, well, it's not, um, and not and quite a few numbers of apologies, uh, on, on my part for the, for the mistakes and the steps that I've taken. Um, but, I, and I'm sure that that's the same for, so for many rural communities around the, around the world, um, the clinicians that are working in those have come from outside of those communities. It's it's unusual for us to have, uh, and you know we 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 know that people who come from rural communities tend to stay in rural communities. Um, there are a number of um, efforts being made to um, educate people in the communities that they come from and maintain that. Um, uh, um, maintain that connection throughout their undergraduate and postgraduate years because of retention and recruitment but it's also because 
being part of the community, you understand the community and that the danger of that power differential isn't isn't quite as 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 uh, as present, um, perhaps as it is when a complete stranger comes in with, you know, all of their baggage and their, you know, their misunderstandings that they bring in as well. So, um, yeah, it's it's um, it it must be a really challenging work to do. Uh, does anything that I, I I've said am I am I am I completely off piece or am I um uh, uh i'm now seeking some counseling i suppose violent <laughs> i think we're like sharing the same experience and i think this concept of your graphical narcissist is echoing around the world because it, it makes sense to so many people it's something that's not located in the arctic or in hammerfest or in my context it's it's something that uh is universal because it's it's echoing an experience of, of devaluation and of oppression or, or and also being misunderstood and exploited sometimes. I think it's it's a hard to know when people are coming on short contracts. Are they really heroes coming to help out? Or are it's also uh, dependence in a way that's not always uh, good and sometimes uh urban people tend to send us their leftovers, like people who can't get a job anywhere else <laughs> coming to rural areas. And it's also a, an exploitative nuances of that sometimes. No yeah. one stays, no one is accountable. And it's like a place that's far away that's not really counting. And sometimes people also come to urban spleen, like to tell us everything they think we don't know. <laughs> so... Uh, I think that's something we're sharing, like in, in different shades. But I think the thing that you're pointing to is like how you learn culture coming there. And I think this uh, that is a very good point because sometimes we talk about culture competence in a way that's quite black and white, like or, or culture sensitivity that is shaming people. Like either you are a racist or you're not a racist. <laughs> Yes, And uh, often other people are racist and we ourselves are kind of innocent and have all these insights. <laughs> and I think that's quite dangerous. I think we're all racist. It's it's hard to live in this world, not, not to have like internalized some of the social hierarchy, like unconsciously. And so it's, it's it just comes in different shades. And, and if we're like less shameful of, exploring it I think we are also less defensive and then we can do something about it that's why I'm talking about my own geographical narcissist because it's 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 dangerous only to point at the urban people's uh, blind spots when they oppress us it's like yeah I, I was blind too <laughs> in this sense like I remember one of the first experiences that I I I view so many people as immature because they didn't move away from home <laughs> Like in the in the urban textbook is is part of uh, maturity and like uh, developmental psychology to be able to uh, be an own individual, like to to depart and not stay at home. That's that's quite immature. But then, if that's true, all Arctic people, a lot a lot of them would be like personality disordered, and that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so maybe my education was. Uh, the error yeah yeah we try and address um the 
some of the power differential by through structural things like um, rural proofing is is the, the the concept that I'm sure you're aware of where you know we we um, we try and embed within policy development um, a requirement for the needs of rural communities to be taken into account and for the um, to try and help to avoid the urban power differential to to embed within the structure that they have to con consult meaningfully with rural people in a way that um you know that, that addresses the tyranny of distance and um uh and to take into account what uh what they hear i must say it doesn't work terribly well <laughs> certainly not in new zealand i'm not i'm not i'm listening to people from around the world i'm not sure that any it it, it works very well anywhere but is, is that part of the solution the sort of the structural uh, in terms of the power differential between the urban and and, and rural centers um setting up structures like this um embedded rural proofing within policy well i think that rural proofing is like a good attempt but i think it's still like harm reduction because it kind of assumes that all good ideas is coming from urban centers and then you have to prove it for rural realities so I, it's not really progressive in that sense because it doesn't pick up all the bright ideas from rural areas and all the strengths and yeah. all the and i think there are a lot of examples of that how, how rural environment is is taking the lead <laughs> like we're, we're like we were first with telemedicine uh ultra robots uh, ultrasound um team training for emergency <laughs> so it's a lot of um prejudice embedded in the idea of rural proofing because it kind of assumes that the rural world is not better and sometimes we are really better <laughs> And I think that you have to invest in rural areas on rural premises, and you have to invite rural uh, clinicians to the policy making process, not like uh, when you're just proving what you decided. We have to take part uh, in the table when the discussion is made in the first round. I think that's that's a clue in a way. We often uh, reflect that the because of the pressures of workforce and workload um, that, uh, and the opportunities of working in small communities where people know each other and, and work together in an integrated way, that we, um, we see innovation happening in rural communities first, and then gradually it will spread to the to the urban community. Certainly that's our experience in, in New Zealand and many of the countries are, are, are around the world. Um, but um, it almost, ha it has to happen almost under the radar um, and, and and often just on the edges of um, regulation, I'd have to say, in many rural communities, as we um, you know we we encourage um, non-regulated health professionals to take greater levels of responsibility because they have to, in because of the workload, uh, as an example, um, and then eventually this becomes common practice, and then it it, um, it becomes socialized into the urban centres, and then. It becomes an established established practice, but it's a it's a long road. Um, we have standing orders in New Zealand uh, where nurses are allowed to um, where we're allowed to um, dispense medications, and that arose in exactly that way. It's over a period of about ten years. Um, the the uh, and now we have 
legislation which allows for standing orders to be in place and it's been a great stepping stone for for nurse prescribing and and you know much greater roles for nurses in our communities um so yeah but no i think that's you're absolutely right i hadn't thought about that idea of rural proofing being actually um uh well that yeah the, it's it's establishing that power differential because they yeah. have to take us into account but it's their ideas yeah 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 so tell me about but it's still better sorry i'm sorry i think it, it's still it's still better than nothing so yes. it's uh like like dr having uh, driving political ideas you have to be pragmatic sometimes too so it's, it's the first step but it's it's not it's not the goal hmm. So, so tell me about uh, Ubuntu 2024, and and um, I know that you're one of the keynote speakers. Um, what, apart from um, hearing from you, being challenged by you, and um, uh, and um, having our ideas expanded by you know learning more from from the work that you've done, um, what else are you are you doing with uh, Ubuntu 2024? Is, is are there are there other aspects of attending the conference, and um, that you're looking forward to? I'm so much looking forward to meeting colleagues from different parts of the world and and discuss what kind of ideas resonates to them and what they are uh, occupied with right now, and. Um, to share the joy. I think it's always so vibrating to me that I just love conferences. <laughs> I really looking forward to, to meet colleagues. And I think that that's really even more appreciated when you live very remote and isolated, when you have the opportunity to meet uh, like-minded people with the same kind of experiences. That's a treasure. It's it's I think we value that more sometimes because we have to travel to meet people. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really thrilled and excited. I am too. It's going to be, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Cape Town um, as well. Do you think you'll have much of a chance to explore? Well, I hope we'll staying there a few days extra. I have some uh, research collaborations going on too. That's just... Uh, emerging so I, I am we're doing a study on geographical narcissism so I'm, I'm taking the time to meet some colleagues too uh, that are in the same research field and things that are not work related Arlen are you going to are you going to have a bit of are you going to go and see the great white sharks or yeah of course get to the top yeah, of the yeah, I think you cannot go go there without being a tourist too. Of course, yeah. that's um, that goes without saying. <laughs> it, it's certainly so. One of the uh, the joys of these um, world conferences are, as you say, um, for me, meeting with colleagues from across the globe who are like minded and you know, but come from completely different contexts, and we we learn. We learn so much about what's common uh, uh, between us, as well as the as well as learning um, from the from the differences. And um, I've certainly had a lot of um, personal and professional support from from colleagues that I've met through the conferences. So I'm 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 really really looking forward to that. The um, mm -hmm. the um, 
So uh, apart any any other reasons why people should come to Ubuntu 2024, Marlon? I think that all the reasons are there. Just come and meet your colleagues uh, and colleagues you didn't know you have and come and uh, co-think about uh, your graphical narcissism and how to make resistance and progress and how uh, understand how the issues about rural and urban is fitting into to our scene and how we can fight that together. And I think that South Africa is uh, a very good country in doing this. I mean, there's so many intersections and so much experience about that history is about uh, oppression and race. And I think it's also like an elephant in the room, like me as a white person talking about power and privilege and oppression in, in South Africa. So I think the, the intersections with other kind of social um, political issues also need to be addressed and how to understand rural issues in terms of also poverty and social issues and race and uh, indigenous issues. I think all these are overlapping in a way, but I think that rural issues is also something by itself, but sometimes it's, um, it's even, the gravitation is even stronger when you add uh, race or ethnicity or indigenous experiences as you were talking about too. So I think this will be both a, um, a experience for the soul, for the heart and for the brain. Oh, perfect. The soul, the heart and the brain at Ubuntu 2024. We look forward to seeing you there. The, um, to find out more, visit the website, Ubuntu2024.com. And um, thank you, Marlin. That was absolutely fantastic. They, um, and I really, really look forward to seeing you in Cape Town. Kaki te ano. Goodbye. Thank you.